Hello, everyone. Inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Montreal Canadiens are interested in trading up in the upcoming NHL draft. Samuel Montembeau seems to want to stay in Montreal. What does an extension for him look like? And it is Friday. That means it is time for the Friday mailbag. We have all that and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 868 of Locked on Canadian. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you get your daily podcast, whether that be Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe there. And I am telling you this now because we've been telling you all week and we announced it on Twitter last night. You are going to want to be subbed to our YouTube channel because tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, that is 6.30 in the Central, I believe, if or Mountain. I'm not very good at time zone, but it's the point... 7.30 Central. There we go. So the point of the matter here is we have a full live show with our good friend Tony Ferrari of the Hockey News, one of our favorite guests. We're just going to talk draft stuff, nothing in particular. We're going to take listener questions. We're going to hang out for about an hour, have a good time, so y'all can get your questions in that we might not get to in this episode. But I've been blathering on now for almost two minutes. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba and Laura Coming off an up episode with David St. Louis on Wednesday, that was a huge hit with our listeners. And we've got so much more today now to get into. But first, how are you doing on what is a, a very nice Thursday, at least here in Buffalo? Uh, it's a little humid here, but you know what? I don't mind that you uh, quote-unquote rambled on because it was about Tony. We love Tony Ferrari. Um, <laughs> we absolutely adore him. We cannot wait to hang out with him. I mean... Like, really, we're bringing him to the listeners, but selfishly, I just, I'm excited to hang out with our buddy. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a really, really good time, so make sure you subscribe to us there. We will be live. Uh, we are working on getting used to our new recording studio and how that does live episodes, so there may be a hiccup here or there, but we promise it'll be great. We have plenty to get to in today's show, though, uh, stuff that we did not talk about uh, in our last episode because we kept that draft-focused for the most part. And I suppose the biggest news here is the Montreal Canadiens are interested in trading up in the upcoming NHL draft. We've heard they want to trade with the Sharks. They want to trade with Columbus. They want to trade all the way up for Adam Fantilli, allegedly, to which I say, yes, please. If you're not going to take Smith or Mishkov, if Smith is there at five and you want Fantilli, you know what? Go for it because you have your one, two, and three centers for next season, next year in that case. I think Fantilli could play pro next year. Wouldn't be opposed to him going back to the NCAA, but my first thought is if they ask for Kirby Doc in a trade to move up, let's say fifth Kirby Doc and, you know, a Jaden Struble level prospect, 
Are you saying yes to that, Laura, or is that too rich for your blood? For Adam Fantilli? No way. I would say yes to that. I love it, Kirby Duck. Again, I, lo- I adore him. But no, it's, fan- it's Fantilli. Like, if it was some other guy, I would question. But it's not some guy. It's Adam Fantilli. And that's the part is it's like if they're trading up for Will Smith, I don't like giving up Kirby Doc in that trade for that because you're moving up one spot and you're surrendering a guy who makes your current team better. Like currently, not that Kirby Doc wouldn't make the future Canadians better too, but Adam Fantilli is a hell of a piece to add there. And my biggest thought is if that if this is Kent Hughes's plan and we know he likes to go bold at the draft, hence Kirby Doc in the first place. I'm about it. And I'm wondering if he's looking, if Ken Hughes, though, is looking at the market here. Anaheim, Pat Verbeek is a relatively new GM, and so is Kent Hughes. Yarmo Kekalainen is one of the longest tenured GMs, if not the longest tenured GM in the NHL, which is a wild thought. And Mike Greer, who is also relatively new. And it's an inconsistent group there. They haven't exactly lit the world on fire trade-wise, especially Yarmo Kekalainen as of late. And Mike Greer, hit or miss, depending on what Sharks fans say. I'm wondering if Kent Hughes senses a weakness that he can get out of this. Yeah, he's going to give up five and something to move up in the draft. But I'm wondering if he's thinking he can swing a deal here. And if he moves up to four, they're taking Smith. But if they move up even further than that, the world is their oyster He's got something is something is cooking here. There's too much smoke for me to not think about Kent Hughes is possibly trying to make something happen here with GMs who are available to, I don't want to say fleeced, but I'm going to say fleeced anyways. I don't, I think here's the thing is that I'm wondering how this is a thing. Like there has to be smoke, right? There has to be something going on like I don't think that it would be reported if it was like people were laughing and hanging up in his face right and that's the thing I I admire very much what the Canadians are trying to do I don't know that any GM ahead of them would necessarily want to trade down especially if you know who the Canadians want like if you get a sense for who they want because the initial story was that the Canadians were trying to trade into the top four So in my mind, I'm like, all right, they want whoever San Jose said they wanted, right? Like that was in my head. And then it's like, actually, no, they're trying to get into the top four. They actually are trying to get like the top two pick. They know Chicago is never going to trade the Bedard pick, right? But clearly they see something, not that they see something, clearly they see something about Anaheim or Columbus where either they're looking elsewhere. Maybe they know that Anaheim wants Mitchkov. Maybe that's the thing. And they, they're they not interested. They said that this, that's probably not the route that they're going to go. But the more time goes on, the more it feels like a no-brainer that they should at least consider this, right? And so for me, maybe they don't want Mitch Cover or they, they, they know that somebody else wants him more than they want Fantilli or more than they want Carlson. So they think that the player that they want is going to be available at whatever spot they're trying to move to because otherwise it doesn't necessarily make sense to make a trade you have to have a feeling that you're the other team is going to be willing to play. And how many teams do you know that are in the top four that would want to trade down? Like you got to give them something that they want, or it's got to be that no other, like no other guy interests them except for that one. That's going to be available at second. And and I, I guess that's it. Like they're swinging high. Like obviously they would love to trade for first overall, but Bedard is going to cost you lane Hudson and plus five or something like that. And are you, 
Are you prepared as an organization who has a special player in Lane Hudson to make that trade? And the, Chicago might just hang up and say, it doesn't matter what you offer us. The answer is no. I, I am very curious what becomes of this because, like you said, there's too much smoke around this. There's been tweets saying they're interested in Benson, Mishkov, and Smith, and maybe this is all just a diversion to, you know, maybe they trade down a spot and they get and they do this to somebody else. Kent Hughes is not a a dumb GM, at least not from what we've seen so far. So I am really, really excited to kind of see where this goes. We do have to shift gears here a little bit because we have potential extension news and no it's not Rafael Harvey Pinard it is one of the goalies we're going to talk about that coming up in our next segment but first today's show is also brought to you by our friends at bird dogs folks bird dogs make you look great and I mean truly great comfortable khaki shorts for all situations sweat wicking fabric on the inside so you stay cool in the summer and you look great doing it like I said, I've worn them around the house. I got to walk the dog. I got to do chores and I'm comfortable. I wore them wine tasting and I looked great, kept cool all day. It is the absolute best of both worlds here. And if you go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL, you're going to get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off at any point this summer. Trust us. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. And remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have a live show tomorrow with Tony Ferrari, and you're not going to want to miss it. If you miss it, we don't want to hear about how you missed it because we told you about it. And if you hear clanging and banging in the background, my dog is having the zoomies right now. So we're just going to have to deal with that as we go here. We just got done with Cole Caulfield's extension, like less than two weeks ago, 10 days, whatever it was at this point. It wasn't Monday, was it? No, it was last week. Anyways, the point of this all is, is that the Montreal Canadiens have an unexpected UFA, not this season, but next season on their hands. And I'm talking about goaltender Samuel Montembeau. And this quote comes from Arpen Basu in The Athletic. And this is the direct quote from Sam Montembeau. Probably not. I love being here. Sam Montembeau, when asked if he exploring unrestricted free agency a year from now, would be enticing. His agent hopes to start contract extension talks with the Montreal Canadiens at the draft. And my thought is simply, yeah. Yeah. I I I love the idea of Samuel Montembeau kind of being a lost soul, getting claimed on waivers, and then having a bit of a career revival, resurgence, life preserver. I don't know what it was. Here in Montreal, he had an up and down first year where he's playing injured on one of the the worst team in the NHL. And then last year where he was a pretty solid tandem goalie with Jake Allen when they were both healthy. So my my first question is, Laura, how long are you thinking is a fair extension for Samuel Montebo? Because we don't really know what his level is. We've kind of seen where his peak can be a little bit, but we haven't seen that consistently. And I'm inclined to say, do you offer him a three-year extension? And we'll discuss money in a little bit here, but three years seems like a pretty safe bet for a guy like that with the prospects they have in the pool right now. Well, when you said, like, when you were about to throw to me and you said Laura, and I knew that question was coming, 
instinctually the first number that popped into my head was three. Three years seems fair because in three years, he's either going to be showing us that he's, you know, the number one, he's either going to like have commanding control of the number one spot because, you know, he had a lot of promise. He showed a lot of promise. And then he also had some rough patches. Um, and you can see like three years is good enough for you to know if he can be consistent or not. Uh, and that to me, it's also because the Canadians are not in a rush, right? What they need to do is not worry too much about signing him for three years and whether that's too long. What they need to do is figure out what the plan is after that. Because if he's the weak link, the Canadians aren't necessarily going to make the playoffs next year or the year after that. It's not like it's going to be one of those situations where at the moment that they're ready to start making the playoffs, they're immediately going to get, you know, have goaltending let them down. You know, we've seen that happen with so many teams where this team showed promise. They were juggernaut and then all of a sudden, you know, like a Jerry happened or whatever. So we don't want that. Like, and, and so they're not in danger of that if they take that time with him now, but they need to ensure that at the same time that they're giving him this two or three year extension, I think three years is fair. They need to figure out what the next, who the next guy is and how far away that next guy is from contending. Cause your choices are going to be that person waits a little longer and you extend Samuel Montambo again to be the goaltender of this team. Or you say goodbye to him and you bring up that next guy at the same time that a lot of the young players are starting to hit their stride. And I am looking at Puckpedia right now in the background. If you see my eyes kind of glancing off screen here, his agent is uh, Paul Corbet of Parafe Sports Management. They He has one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five total players under contract. Samuel Montembeau is his second biggest client behind Yanni Gord of the Seattle Kraken. And I look at this and I think to myself, last year, 342 goals against, 901 save percentage, a league average save percentage here. He's making a million dollars against the cap this year. If you offer him three years and say 2.1 per, we know the cap is rising a little bit this offseason, but it won't hit until that next major jump is supposed to be or that 2024 offseason when this contract expires. If you get him for three years, like you said, that gives you enough time to one. We will know what Caden Primo is or is not at that point. We will know what Jakob Dobish likely is by that point. If they have drafted somebody in this upcoming draft, we will have some idea of where they will be at here. Jake Allen in this time frame is likely gone at this point. All loved Jake Allen in his time here. He was a very good serviceable backup to Carey Price. Did well when healthy in a tandem here. And Samuel Montable looking at this right now. He turns 27 in October. Takes you right up to 30. I hesitate going beyond three years because if he's cheap at three years, okay. If God forbid you have to waive them at any point in time, let's say Caden Primo and whoever they pick in this draft turn out to be great. NHL starters and Montembeau falls back into being like an 880 goalie. With that kind of term, you waive him. He goes to the AHL. You don't worry about it. I, I think they're going to find a pretty team-friendly deal here. And I'm curious above all else, can this upward trajectory continue? Because I look at his overall numbers and they haven't been super great he is you know there was a reason he was on waivers for so long or not so long but why he was on waivers at all and it's because he was an inconsistent nhl player and ironically the guy who took his job in the minors in seattle or uh, in springfield is now the 
ECHL goalie for the Canadians organization, it, which is just a weird turnabout here, all things considered. If he continues his upward trajectory and becomes, let's say, a 906, 908 goalie next year, and he's making a million dollars, and then you've signed him to a multi year extension, two million per, and he levels out at about 908, 910 at like his peak, peak. You're doing pretty well for yourself. And this seems like a really good instance of player wants to stay, has no interest in testing the unrestricted free agency market right now. And the Canadians probably want him back. Montembeau has been featured. He was uh, with the F1 goaltender uh, today with the Grand Prix coming up. He's been around a lot. Why not? It, It makes too much sense for this to not happen. And like I said, July 1st, I would not be shocked if there is a new deal in place. One of the first things the Canadians do is announce we have extended uh, Samuel Montembeau for two years at this point. I think that's absolutely a thing that's going to happen. Or three years at this point. Two you or any three. Pro- I feel like we say three, the Canadians are going to say two. Yeah, which, okay, fine. You know, that's perfectly okay. I'm not... I'm not stressing the years. I'm stressing what the money might be. I don't think they're going to overpay him because he hasn't quite proven that much yet in that regard. So it's, I'm curious, what do you folks, our listeners want, you know, a Montembeau extension to come into, or do you not even want a Samuel Montembeau extension? Let us know. Tweet us at LO underscore Canadians, Canadians at gmail.com. Make sure you're following us on social so you get notified when we go live with Tony Ferrari on Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. It is time, though. It is Friday, and Friday always means it is time for the Friday mailbag, and we are going to dive into all of your questions coming up next. But first, if you've ever stressed trying to find tickets for any kind of event whether that be the theater whether it be baseball games whether it be just a local concert game time has you covered with the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets go to game time right now check it out you can see where your seat is you can get a view of that you are going to get flash deals on all of these local events and you get the lowest price guaranteed event cancellation protection and job loss protection for any reason whatsoever it's it's hard to not love this with game time. I know how stressful it is trying to buy tickets for events. So just go download the game time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Some terms do apply, but all you gotta do is create an account with the game time app, redeem code Lockdown NHL for twenty dollars off your first order. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We are back at Locked On Canadians. As always, we are a show about our listeners. We love answering your questions, getting questions, and topic ideas from all of you. So if you ever want to send us mailbag questions or suggest topic ideas, at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. If you need more uh, letters to, you know, uh, I almost called it members. That's not the right word, but... What are characters? There we go. To submit, you know, what an idea is or a question that you have, feel free to do so. Just don't be rude. That's all we ask. Laura, we've got time for a handful of questions. If we don't get to some of them today, we will have plenty next week as we start ramping up closer and closer to the draft. And we're looking for a little bit of fun stuff to relax during that. 
But where are we starting at today? Speaking of fun, here's a question for uh, from Twitter from Matt uh, Varkan on Twitter. Habs Beach Party. Who do you think brings what? Who's the grill master? Who's the DJ? Etc. I feel like the grill ma- and I always default to this. I feel like Joel Edmondson is the grill master. If Carey Price were still an active member of the Montreal Canadiens, you default to Carey Price's cooking everything. And I think you no one would argue with that on this team here. As for the DJ, I think Cole Caulfield's just taking the Spotify over and you can't stop him. Like Edmondson or Anderson or someone else might try and stop him. Cole Caulfield's your DJ, whether you like it or not at this point. Um, though what apparently Joel Edmondson. Ooh. Sorry, you were saying though apparently Joel Edmondson. Yeah, Joel Edmondson is like the DJ of the of the team uh, in the locker room. But here, hot take, I think Nick Suzuki would be the grill master. Nick Suzuki doesn't... is one of those underage dads. You know, you know yes. the guy I'm talking about. Everybody has a friend like this, early 20s, more dad than you. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's Nick Suzuki. But I think who brings the cooler? I want to say Jake Allen. Jake Allen seems like the outdoorsy type based on what his charity basket looked like. I think that he would bring a real nice Yeti style cooler there. Big, filled to the brim with wobble pops and other things such as that. Um, Who brings the vegan food? Rem Pitlick. Pitlick, It's Rem Pitlick. Come on. Like... It, the the and this is not a shot at vegans. It's just I look at Rem Pitlick and that dude goes, I found this great hamburger substitute. And it's just gonna be Joel Edmondson staring across the grill going, You brought you found what? And just kind of staring incredulously at him. So Who makes uh, the potato salad? David Savard. I'm getting so into this right now. David Savard gets... Okay, what does Brendan Gallagher do? This is my thing. Does he bring, like, beach volleyball? Brendan Gallagher falls in the pool. (laughs) Or gets pushed into the pool. Brendan Gallagher is the guy that gets picked on at this event. So, which tends to be the way that we go a lot of the time with with, uh, Brendan Gallagher in these events. All right. So, I need to move on from this, even though I would want to talk about it for an entire segment. Allison on Twitter asks, here's a fun mailback question. If you had to work out with one current hab for a day, who would it be and why? And how sore would it would you be the next day? I'm trying to figure out who the fitness freak is on this team. Like, I don't see a lot of them posting like gym photos. Like in the past, like PK Subban was like the gym bro for this team here. I'm vi- I'm trying to figure out who's going to be that guy. Like <laughs> It's hmm. for me, I wouldn't pick the gym bro. I would pick Cole Caulfield just because he's like super fun. Yeah. And kind of light. And it would be really funny. Um, But I would be extremely sore the next day. Like I was tempted to pick like which guy works out the least. And I want to I want to work work out with that guy. Um, But no, like I think it would be fun to work out with Cole Caulfield. Like he just make it fun and entertaining. I wonder if, like, the guy who's, like, the biggest gym bunny is somebody underrated. I feel someone like a Christian Dvorak. Josh Anderson probably hits the gym a lot. I mean, look at the guy. Like, uh, he's someone I uh, I think would be if – I, if I wanted to, like, have a hard workout, 
I think I would pick Josh Anderson in that regard if that's really what I wanted to go for. Like, I feel like before the injuries, Joel Edmondson was that guy too. Like, he definitely gives me that that vibe where he takes it very seriously. Um, so we've got a lot of fun questions today. There's a, there's a couple of more intense questions that we have to prep for. So those are coming next week. Um, so here's one from Charles on Twitter that we got via direct message. Hello, mailback question. It is quite clear that Marte St. Louis' first speech to the team was legendary. What cherished inanimate object or collectible tchotchke would you trade to have a transcript of what he said to the players? Now, I definitely would, would have wanted to have been there. All right, let's see what you've got. Oh, so I have had this thing since I was a kid. This has been like my good luck charm. I got this as a gift for my eighth birthday. So it has always kind of been around one way, shape or form. Given how often we've heard that first speech reference from Caulfield and Suzuki and other players, and not just young guys either, like veterans here who are like, I want to know if this was just like Martin St. Louis came in and was like, F-bomb this and this and this, or if he just came in and he was just kind of like the inch-by-inch speech from any given Sunday, and everyone's like, hell yeah, I love that movie because sports, and it just clicked because – sports brain after all i i i really do hope that like it is i'm sure it is recorded somewhere i have no doubt that someone in the canadians organization has a video of that speech which if you do i will venmo you however much money you are looking for for the chance to hear that i will not post it publicly i just want to know what what it was because it, it, it's attained like a cult status and we don't even know what was said during this. Um, for me, so I've got a couple of um, quirky bobbleheads that are just weird, but there's so few of them out there that I feel like, you know, they're, they're sort of valuable in that way. Uh, I have a bobblehead of Brian Burke from the Toronto Marlies. Um, and I also have a bobblehead of Yarmir Yager when he was on, on the Florida Panthers. And I feel like those two are probably like two things that I, yes, yes, Scott. No, I'm just, I'm just wiping my forehead. I was like, that's two very different ends of things. You have Brian Burke, the Toronto Marlies AHL bobblehead and like quite possibly the second greatest player to ever play the game of hockey uh, as a bobblehead, as a floor, as a Florida Panther, no less. Like, yep. It's two- <laughs> honestly like, it's one of my tre- most treasured possessions. It's so weird, right? It's so quirky and weird. It's so cool. And I thank the people uh, working for those teams that sent those to me. Um, and uh, at the time, like the social media, like honestly, be nice to the social media people of your, of your, of your favorite hockey teams. Cause that's, uh, it's, that's the kind of thing that happens. Um, so I, do we have time for one more Scott? One, two, if they're short. Okay. So we have the, uh, this question is another Ted Lasso question and it comes from Ryan Lee on Twitter. Uh, and the question is, hold on. It's quite clear. Oh, no, this wasn't Ryan. It wasn't Ryan Lee. I'm so sorry. It was Robert Rice because Ryan Lee responded to the question um, or he, he came up with the Danny Rojas question. So Robert Rice asks us, it is agreed that Cole Caulfield is the Danny Rojas of the Canadians. Who would be the Jan Moss? Just absolutely blunt and without filter in the locker room. So our friend Patrick Bexell says that has to be Matheson. 
I, I feel um, like and Ryan Matt, Lee says it's Uri Slavkovsky. Sorry. <laughs> I absolutely think it is Uri Slavkovsky too, just because he has that same, he's always kind of had that bluntness to him, which is not, it's a very, I, and I mean this in the kindest way possible. It is a European trade. It's like when people ask Leo Carlson, what he knew about Columbus. He says, well, I know where it is on a map. He's not people trying so to be mad. rude. People got so mad. He's not trying to be rude. He's being honest and just direct. I think Slavkovsky is a great, great pick for that. Um, it used to be Thomas Placanitz. Like Thomas Placanitz had the driest sense of humor in the world, and it slayed me every single time. So, but I, I do think that Slavkovsky is a good bet. Uh, someone also, I think, said Yol Armia would Ooh, be a, a good, good one, one too, just because one similar stature and everything there. So. Uh, I think Slavkovsky is a good shout. I definitely think the best possible option for that. So final question from Ryan Lee. So Ryan also, he answered the the question, but also he came up with a nice question of his own. Uh, What level of chaos would there be if Michael Anlauer shares of the Montreal Canadiens ends up with Ryan Reynolds? So I was thinking about this and I didn't tweet this thought because verbalizing every thought in my head is not always a good thing. The Canadians in the Funniest possible thing, getting Snoop Dogg or Ryan Reynolds to be a minority owner of the Canadians is absolutely the funniest outcome here. Like, yeah, it's great. You found a new owner for the Sens. We found the fun people you thought you were getting here. And I, as someone who has has greatly enjoyed Welcome to Wrexham and watching Wrexham out of the, get out of the National League to League Two and the work that Reynolds and Rob McElhinney have done with that team... Ryan Reynolds is part owner of the Montreal Canadiens would be amazing. And I would absolutely be here for that just for the amount of pure, just schadenfreude that would happen on Twitter afterwards with that. So get together and then half should go to Snoop and half should go to Ryan Reynolds. The gang buys a share in the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> I'm all about that. Um, as always, if you want to tweet us your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadiansGmail.com. We know we didn't get to everything today. We have plenty of time next week to get to the rest of the deeper mailbag questions. Make sure you are following us wherever you get your daily podcast: Google, Apple, Spotify. We are there free and available every weekday for you as part of the Lockdown Network. And I cannot stress this enough. If you are not subscribed to the Lockdown Canadians YouTube channel, well, you're 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 doing it wrong. You're failing at a lot of things, and you're gonna want to be there 8:30 p.m. Eastern time. Laura, myself, Tony Ferrari. It is a draft special live episode. We will be live for that. We will be. It'll be in your feed the next morning as well. In case you missed it for whatever reason, shame on you if you do. Please make sure you are tuned in and following on all those things. Folks, we will see you all next time.